you're listening to a Trav Market Media Network podcast. This is a pretty good choice if you ask me. Find more podcasts at travmarketmedia.com. Hi, it's Megan, host of Travel Radio Podcast, a proud member of the Trav Market Media Podcast Network. Would you take a moment now to like, subscribe, and review the podcast? You can also reach me at info at travelradiopodcast.com, or you could reach the network at travmarketmedia.com. Travel professional or aspiring professional traveler, I'm so thankful you tuned in. Now, let's dig into where our ears will travel today. Hello and welcome to Travel Radio Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am privileged to have a new guest on the program. And actually, at the time that we were talking about this podcast, she was Emma Major, but she is newly married, and I will allow her to introduce herself and give her own introduction. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. Would you please introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you, Megan. I am Emma Major, now Emma Schrader, and I own Major Traveler. We are affiliated with Epperly Travel and based in Atlanta and also Virtuoso members. Um, I have a team of four agents. They are all all all-stars and very passionate about different things in the travel sphere. Um, As an agency, we plan a lot of honeymoons as well as big bucket list trips for our clients. Awesome. Awesome. So then let's talk about where we're headed today. Where are we going? We are going to South Africa, one of my very favorite places um, in the world. Yes. And some of my favorite people in the world are from South Africa, like dear to my heart. And they're not living there right now, but I hope they will (laughs) so that I can go and (laughs) visit them and see the country that they also love. So let's kick right off the bat with a story. Um, Can you tell us your best South African travel story? Definitely. So I went on my first South African safari a few years ago, um, and I had no idea what to expect at all. I heard so many stories that a visit to Africa is life-changing and will impact you in unimaginable ways. Um, And I didn't fully understand this until we truly experienced Africa. So we get to our first safari camp. It's called Swalu Kalahari um, in the Kalahari Desert in South Africa. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely stunning, completely remote, right in the middle of the desert. Um, again, no idea what to expect. I think our expectations were set somewhere around a more hands-on um, remote zoo experience. Okay. So we get into our safari vehicle, and our guide, Nelson, he's phenomenal, and he's asking what's on our bucket list, and everyone immediately says lions. Of course. Um, so he, <laughs> right, that's always the first thing. So he lets us know that the trackers, they saw lions a little bit ago, and we're going to go find them. So the sun is kind of starting to set, and it's, it's that dusk time, and it takes us about these 20 minutes on these desert roads to find a full lion pride. Um, so we're immediately immersed in this incredible situation of lions who are about to catch their dinner. So Nelson points out that the lion laying across the road in front of us, keeping us from going any further, is um, casually hidden um, by the brush watching these impalas, which are um, kind of African deer that are 100% what all of the predators um, eat. And they're in the distance, um, casually enjoying their dinner. And another lion is um, creeping slowly towards these impalas about 100 feet away. And then on the other side, our guide, Nelson, points out that um, there's another lion. 
so these lions have formed this um, surrounding, you know, shape around these impalas, and Nelson is absolutely silent. Uh-huh. So we're all watching in amazement um, and just completely expectant of what's about to happen. Um, and all of a sudden, these three lions, they just pounce. Um, and our guide, Nelson, he hits the gas on our safari vehicle. And we just start <laughs> flying across the desert. I mean, it felt like a roller coaster ride and someone had set, you know, the buzzer to go. Right. So we're trying to keep up with these lions to watch them make a kill. Um, mind you, this is our first 10, 20 minutes into safari. Um, it was epic. And what kind of vehicle were you in? We were in kind of this open-top safari jeep. Um, yep. There were about eight of us traveling together, and yes, we are just completely flying. We had all pulled out <laughs> our phones, and the video is hilarious to watch back because we're all just giggling, and nothing is clear in the picture, but um, <laughs> the, the lions ended up missing their dinner. Um, but as we came over the hill, we got to witness about 10 lions in this pride just hanging out at sunset. Mm. Um, So it was one of those top 10 kind of bucket list life experiences for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So, you know, my experience is is something along those lines in Kenya where – where they did – we did actually come across them as they were grabbing this zebra. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know if you actually ended up seeing them make a kill. It's it's pretty gory. But – you know, the, the, we were in what was called a Matatu, which is kind of like a Volkswagen van, but it's Nissan, and they've got the top popped up, and um, the, it was out of gear. And so when he, they start oh, to make God. this pursuit, I proceed to shot put my camera at the lions <laughs> laying next to the road. I'm like, my camera! And <laughs> my friend Katie says, I'm sure that if you would let me out of the van, I could be friends with the lion. And they turn around and scold her. Like, just... Oh, I'm sure. So we're all laughing at her getting scolded. So um, one of the people had an, a telescoping um, pole, a camera pole, and they, they were able to get the loop from, like, you know, four feet in front of the lion, clearly within striking distance, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I, I got it back. Yeah, it was crazy. So anyway... That's a bad thing to lose. Yeah. So talking about top 10 life experiences, this set of announcements is not going to be one of them, but I have to make them. (laughs) Okay. So I'll do it quickly. On Travel Radio Podcast, I just added a calendar where you can see the upcoming shows. You will see Emma's show listed on its upcoming date. Um, additionally, um, I've started sending out a newsletter again. I was unable to recover everything from MailChimp because it insists on recovering from my UK phone number, and I just can't do that because I don't have the phone anymore. So if you'd like to know what's coming up on Travel Radio, events that are happening, casting calls, um, episodes that are coming out, or features on our guests, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. I'm calling it the news better because it's just better. Okay. And then, um, let's see, we just did a, we just concluded an, a series on um, all-inclusive resorts as reviewed as winners by travel professionals. That's available both on the podcast and then on YouTube. So if you want to watch them and see some of the travel professionals' pictures, that's on YouTube. Search Travel Radio Podcast. You'll find it. And, of course, please subscribe to the Travel Podcast and to the YouTube channel. And, um, and that's all the announcements. There's two more, but it's getting too long. So let's move on. Emma. You said people told you (laughs) that Africa was going to impact your life and you didn't quite get it. So now that you've come in and come back, 
you've gone and come back. What have you noticed the impact of South Africa? Like, how has it impacted your life? Yeah, um, I think that Africa really does um, impact you, and I'm sure it impacts everyone in a different way, whether that's getting to experience wide open spaces for the first time. But for me, um, it really gave me a new perspective on travel and people and culture. Um, in my opinion, it's the purest, most untouched form of travel, um, which is a really rare experience these days. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to witness a leopard scale a tree with his kill, these month-old lion cubs with their mothers, a massive herd of elephants, young and old, just in their natural environment. Um, We were also surprised by the lovely people of our safari camp um, by a bush dinner in the exact spot that my dad had been talking about all week watching the sunset. Um, And a guide, you know, noticed my interest in photography and set me up with a a photography pro on site to help me edit my photos. So everything in Africa is just done with such intention and care. Um, The care that everyone has for the land, the wildlife, you know, preserving the experience um, and preserving the culture. It's just incredible. And so I think the the overall impact comes from being able to jump right into that intentionality and really allow it to change you and change your perspective. Okay. I think something you mentioned is important to circle back to is like intentionality. And I think planning this trip in such a way, like you need to choose your providers or choose your travel professional or however you're planning this trip with intention. And, and by that, I mean to, to take advantage of your time to get, make the most out of it, but then also for the preservation of the land and the people and the culture in which you're about to visit, because there are a lot of shady operations out there. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you had a good resource and that you plan that for your clients. But I just, you know, want to emphasize the need to be careful and, and how we impact and don't leave, you know, don't damage the places that we visit. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, that's a little bit of a tangent. Anything you want to say to that? Yeah, no, I think it's really important, um, especially for agents and choosing suppliers that you work with in Africa and, and making sure they're treating their guides and their staff properly. And, and how are they, you know, giving back to the culture? Um, I know like Mikado and a lot of other safari providers um, will sponsor kids with your um, trip to Africa. So things like that, I think, are really important to be intentional with your clients and also with your suppliers, especially in a place like Africa. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's that's exactly that's exactly it, and that's exactly what I want to do with this podcast. Like, I want to have stories from experts, and I want to give good resources because there's always the potential of someone having a business transaction off of this podcast, right? I want to put forth people that are yeah. reputable and that take care, and then also to lift up voices that should be heard in the travel profession. So. Um, Anyway, thanks for giving a shout out to, is it Mercado? Mercado, yeah. Mercado, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Um, so then awesome. if people are unfamiliar with South Africa's layout as far as geography, topography, city orientation, can you give people kind of some clue or maybe some you know little way of cheating or visualizing how the country is laid out? Yeah. Um, so South Africa is huge. Um, it's a very big country, and it's at the very bottom of Africa. Um, there's two major airports. The one in the north is Johannesburg. The one in the south is Cape Town. 
Um, and so I think a good way to kind of visualize the country is, you know, you have the bottom, which is the Cape, and you have Cape Down. Um, a little bit north and, and kind of around all around that bottom, you have a lot of wineries. Mm. Um, and then in the top northeastern corner, you've got Kruger National Park, which is where everyone knows the iconic Big Five live. Um, and then to the west, you've got kind of the Kalahari Desert, really dry South Africa territory. There's not a ton out there. Um, but like I mentioned, that Swalu Kalahari is a good safari large out there. Um, so those are kind of, I think, the main points um, of South Africa. You know, there's always, if you want to stay along the bottom, you can go along the East Coast um, and the Eastern Cape. There's a lot to do there. But those are kind of the main things that make up a really good South Africa first-time itinerary. All right. Well, let's go into, you know, some detail a little bit more. If we have this triangle that we're working with, can we just start on the points of the triangle and work around? Yeah. So, um I think with a great South African safari, you start in Cape Town. Um, it, it definitely depends on preference, but I think a great Africa itinerary should work its way slowly to safari. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the big ending with a bang um, component. So pace in Africa is key. Cape Town is a, a really big city. It reminded me a little bit of San Francisco. Okay. Um, and it has all these bucket list adventures. So diving with great white sharks, bungee jumping, helicopter tours, and you've got Nelson Mandela history, the penguins on Boulder's Beach, Table Mountain, like all these crazy things to see and do, and you just pack your days. Um, then you kind of start to slow your itinerary down a little bit with some wineries. Um, so while you can technically take a day trip, a really long 10-hour day trip to mm-hmm. a couple of wineries, I think true magic is really found in spending two to three nights in these wine areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find some great South African Surprise, Chardonnay, Pinotage, um, Cabernet, just really amazing wines, and also beautiful landscapes. Yeah, um, and I mean, just think about finally, it, cityscape versus vineyards. I mean, yes. Exactly. Magic. <laughs> magic. And then some, uh, you know, in Stellenbosch, you can see Table Mountain, like, far off in the distance, mm-hmm. and it's just a crazy scene. Um, it and almost then, doesn't feel real when you're looking at it. We should also point out that if you want to go to South Africa and see these wineries, they've been struggling during the pandemic. And so go out and buy yourself a couple cases of South African wine. It's pretty inexpensive. And then you can guarantee that the place you want to go to will be in business when you want to go see it. So just a plug for South African wine. So there you go. Yeah. And it's great too. You know, they are really accommodating. And when you find something you like, they'll ship you a case back. Um, and, and if not, they'll find you a supplier um, in the United States that can kind of connect you with that specific wine. So there's also olive oil tasting. Oh, I didn't um, know. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot in that area. Um, really cool to immerse yourself in. And um, you're so right about supporting these places um, mm. post-pandemic. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've done Cape Town. We've done some wineries. Is that two points or that's worth considering that one point? So I would consider that two points on a South African itinerary. Um, okay. If you want to make kind of a bigger triangle and you're really going to want to focus on the safari aspect and you're not into wine at all, um, I think you could go to the Kalahari and get a really unique experience there. Um, but from the wineries, I suggest moving into Kruger. So Kruger National Park is huge. Um, they've got, you know, the big five. You've got lions, you've got giraffes, elephants, hippos, 
um, leopards, uh, et cetera. All that you would probably want to see on your first safari is going to be in Kruger. Um, hmm. And I typically like to recommend stays um, where you're uh, doing safaris on private game reserves outside of Kruger. So places like Mala Mala, Sabi Sands, Timbavadi, um, these places border Kruger. And so you get the same wildlife, but Kruger's a national park. Anyone can enter. So with staying in these private game reserves, you get a, just a, a better private experience that way. Um, I mean, and is this that is the like, lowest of, of your itinerary. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask no, 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 you're good. if that's these private game reserves are private in the sense that it's they're protected lands. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. They're protected lands and, um, you know, you're not fighting. Um, really, you're only fighting with other lodges that might be on that same private reserve. You're not fighting over viewings of certain, um, you know, iconic sites. Um, whether that's a lion pride or a leopard in a tree, you know, you're really only going to have like one to two vehicles around that. Um, and they have rules and restrictions too. So they're a little bit more of a controlled environment um, compared to the, the big national park. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I do want to, you know, support the national parks, but what I think is weird is that, you know, you're, you're seeing these animals in their natural environment, but you being in their natural environment is not normal. And so to have a pride of lions, like laying under a bush with six, you know, safari vehicles all mm-hmm. encamped around, that's not natural for them. They shouldn't be this comfortable with the vehicle. So I like that idea right. of um, limited access in the sense of like controlled access. Um, that's, yeah. that's important. All right. Great tip. Great tip. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Is there anything else no, that I'm stopping so- you from saying? Yeah, no, no, no. I was going to just say, you know, this is the slowest part of your itinerary, and um, it's really fun to enjoy. You know, you wake up at 5.45, and you're in this peace and quiet, kind of seeing um, the just natural habitat. Um, and then you, you have your full day to enjoy or do whatever. Read, you know, the Wi-Fi is super spotty, which I secretly love when Wi-Fi is spotty <laughs> because it gives yes. me this excuse to say, oh, I'm so sorry, we didn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's things that you don't think about. I mean, I guess you're on a safari, you know, you're, you have an understanding that you've kind of immersed yourself into it. I was living in Kenya at the time that I did my safari, and I was just kind of got a little, like, comfortable and stupid. And so we decided that we were going to <laughs> camp out at night, like, off, because we were on a, a, an inland campus. The property's called Daystar University. And we were like, we're gonna, just going to go camp out on top of the water tower. No, we had there. There are there were Maasai, um, you know, kind of guards on the campus at night, and uh, and they came up, and we were in so much trouble because they're like the lions can climb up, the snakes can climb up, and they're just telling about all the things that could eat us, and we were in the like uh, the president's office, and that's 
a big, big deal. It, like education hierarchy is a big deal. It's like close to being president of the country. Like it was crazy. So anyway, yeah, it's good to have. And they're probably like, That's we have to crazy. run with our guns. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> yeah. And we kept, we were so fascinated by our guides and we kept asking them, you know, how do you train for this experience? And, you know, you have to be prepared in case an emergency happens and, the things they were, t- I mean, it could be a total fib, but the things they were telling us they went through during training were intense about they would have to camp out in the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have to come face to face with an animal um, mm-hmm. to learn how to not make eye contact and handle that kind of situation. So That's the things they were telling us, whether they were exaggerated or not, were pretty fascinating to us. <laughs> we we I- believed it all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, your choice is to believe it all and be thankful. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm protected. So, um, so, you know, awesome. this is kind of just an intro to South Africa. And I think it's good to give people an intro and like, you know, get their appetite wet for it and not spoil the whole thing for them. So I want to kind of leave the information there unless there's something else that you want to include that I've not, um, I've not covered yet. No, yeah, and um, I can definitely answer further questions for anyone who's curious, and um, I'm super passionate about Africa and just itching to go back, so mm-hmm. um, it's an amazing place. Awesome. Well, then, um, I always ask two questions um, of my guests, and that is, are you available for other travel professionals to contact you if they have questions? So that's the first question. Yes, definitely. Oh, okay, awesome. And then the second question is are you taking new clients at this time? Yes, we are taking new clients at this time, and um, we are booking like crazy and hoping that this travel kind of boom starts to to continue and um, take off. To see travel open up. Yes. I know. I'm ready for it. Yes. Um, okay, well, then give us your contact information and where people can find you online. Yes, so you can find um, me on Facebook and Instagram at Major Traveler, and it's Traveler with one L, um, not the way the British spell it, I believe. That's but, true. Um, you can also email me at Emma at MajorTraveler.com, and those are probably the best ways to get in touch. Okay, wonderful. Well, I'm so thankful you came on the podcast today. It was great to share your stories. I really appreciated it. And I hope that we can figure out another topic to to speak on again together and to create some audio gold. How's that sound? Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Yeah, I appreciate your time. All right, this is Megan Chapa of the Travel Radio Podcast saying thank you for listening. And uh, if you're on an iPhone and you can just go down and give us a rating and review, that would be fantastic. All right, thanks so much. This is Megan Chapa saying goodbye. my friend, have made a great choice by selecting this podcast. And there are other great choices like the Hey Travelpreneur podcast waiting for you at travmarketmedia.com.